Well, to Australian sports fans, and in particular cricket fans, Christmas Day is a mere preamble to the main offering that is the Boxing Day Test. Australia 1-0 up in the series. The tourist fortunes unfortunately not helped with the injury to their rising quick Shazada. One man who will be back after being, I don't know how we put this, load-managed potentially as part of SEN's rest and rotation policy is Jared Waitley, who's with me right now. Morning, Jared. Julian, hello. Yes, very untimely case of COVID, but uh, through it now, so I'll be there Boxing Day. Clean bill of health. Uh, excellent. Uh, listen, Jared. before we talk tests, you would have seen the footage of Tom Curran charging at the umpire. The Sixers in a statement yesterday said Tom and the club maintain that Tom did not knowingly or intentionally intimidate a match official. And on legal advice, we will exercise our right to appeal the decision they'll support Tom and so on. That vision is damning, Jared. I'm not sure how you could possibly prosecute the case that he didn't knowingly or intentionally do that. And there seems to have been some dialogue between player and umpire as well. So uh, these things, I do think these things are best heard in their entirety, but on face value, as Curran has earned his suspension, he might do well to count himself lucky that it's only the four matches. There, There seems just to be a blatant disregard for the position of the umpire literally and um, and in the spirit of the game as well. So it's a very curious episode, um, but he owns it. I, I, mean, I just struggle to see any other explanation other than he owns his behaviour and what he knowingly did. So, yeah, I'm, I'm always for these being heard at an open tribunal so that everything can be tested. But at face value, the, the authorities had... Uh, well, they've clearly done the right thing, imposing a, a hefty suspension. Yeah, uh, agreed. Anyway, to what is one of the marquee events on the Australian sporting calendar, the Boxing Day Test. Uh, I understand, just looking at the radar, Jared, a bit of rain potentially on, on Christmas Day. Is that right? Yes, Christmas Day in Melbourne looks particularly grim. <laughs> Up to 20 mils at the moment. It, it has That forecast has deteriorated over the past week. So there's some carryover rain into Boxing Day at the moment. Um, it's zero to 10 mils and a 60% chance at the moment. So a high chance of showers. So you, you imagine that Christmas Day's rain carries over into Boxing Day and, and threatens the timeliness of the start. But that forecast doesn't read um, disaster to me and it gets significantly better thereafter. Only a one, one mil chance of rain the following day and then it's fine from the Thursday. So we might get a, a slightly delayed start but if you've ever lived in Melbourne, there's, you don't live by the forecast necessarily. <laughs> no. It is prone to change Do or you not think? be terribly accurate. Correct. Well, listen, if it does rain on Boxing Day, I don't want to hear any more criticism from Melburnians or Brisbaneites or whoever about the inevitable rain that we get at the Sydney Test uh, New Year's every year. But... No, I'm not, I'm not making any vows on that front. Sydney's rain at that time of year is a clear and distinct pattern and worthy of a little bit of thought. Is Melbourne, it rains from time to time during the Boxing Day test and you lose an hour here or there. And the same with Brisbane. Those storms come in uh, late in days and knock you out for the remainder of the day. But the, the mm. Sydney, the, the rain scenario with the Sydney test is actually something very real that is worthy of some proper study and to figure out whether it is actually the best time of year for it. Well, I might park that discussion for another day. It is not going anywhere. We, well, we know that the crowds turn up in Sydney, the crowds turn up in, in Melbourne, not so much in Perth. Uh, just a thought on that. You know what? Manus said, I love the wicket. It'd be a great way to start the summer against India, these fast, bouncy pitches in particular. But, you know, is it a case of use it or lose it? If you don't show up, we saw almost 30,000 for the Scorchers a game. 
you got a chance to see your national team win a test match and for Nathan Lyon to take his 500th test wicket and they couldn't go on to 10,000. Yeah, it was disappointing. It's the first two days were promising crowds and then it fell away badly across the weekend against expectation or against what we're being, we were being told was expectation. So they've got the next two series, um, India and England, to, to really show whether Perth values its test and, and what sort of numbers they're prepared to turn out in. Um, there's the, the, the Melbourne test has got Boxing Day, so the tradition has been built around that. The Sydney test is the New Year's test, and again, they've been able to build a great sort of folklore and tradition there and a pattern. Adelaide has done a phenomenal job with its test uh, as, um, as something of a pilgrimage and something that is totally valued in that town. And there's a lot built around the test, not just the cricket itself. Brisbane's been displaced at the top of the summer. There's no real point figuring Brisbane out at the moment because um, the stadium, the, the gap is obviously going to be flattened. So that's a post-Olympics conversation, really. Uh, but Perth is the test that doesn't have a characteristic or an identity at the moment. And the town would do well to figure that out. They, they love their sport. They're parochial to a fault. So, again, that there needs to be a bit of study done as to why do they not turn out for the test match in the numbers that they would like. And if they don't value the test match, um, then it is time to look elsewhere. Hobart's never really been able to draw crowds worthy of being in consideration. Canberra has a, a nice ground, but a poor pitch for those sorts of things at the moment. But there should be some competitive tension around that. I do think the onus just sits with Perth, the authorities there, to connect with their sporting public. As we know, they so well do that the West Coast Eagles have been the worst team in the AFL for a period of time mm. now. And they, they flock to those games uh, in still tens of thousands is yeah I I'm not really for the excuses that come out of Perth on that front. Yes, is they have to do more with their test. They have to do more around their test, and they have to show that they want their test. Uh, and there are no excuses through India and England from here. So mm. let's see it. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's not enough to say. Well, if you pick Lance Morris and Cameron Green, then we might start thinking about showing. Yeah, up. no, that's nonsense. No, uh, so that's the stuff I yeah. won't cop. Um, and Mitch Marsh is the man of the match, and yeah. uh, there, there's plenty there. But no, it's, it's supposed to be part of Australia, isn't it? Last I checked, although I'm there are, sure it is. I'm, I'm sure there are some that are still wanting to secede and have their own currency. The rest of it. <laughs> um, as for the tourists, you know, Pakistan always enigmatic and erratic. Haven't won here since 1995. The thing about it is, and we saw glimpses of it, didn't we? in Perth that they've got the talent to make a contest of it. It's just whether they can, you know, put it together for more than half a session. Yeah. So this is a, a country that has lost 15 straight test matches on these shores. And they have been significantly better teams than this uh, doing some of that losing. So I think we saw as the Perth test progressed is the conditions are so challenging and so foreign to those players. And they so very rarely get a look at it. This is a, a one in four year experience at the at the nearest, and they are ill equipped for it. Um, and I'm not sure you can fast track that across a four week block. They're, they're doing the right thing. They're playing a game against a Victorian eleven yeah. uh, in the lead up to Christmas to get some more match practice. The truth is the junction over wicket bears no relation to the MCG pitch, but at least they're out there trying to improve in these conditions. This is a. There are spots in that team that have immense talent, and obviously Baba Azam is at the front of that, and Shaheen Shah Afridi. Um, but it is a very inexperienced team, full stop. Never mind inexperienced on these shores. Two 
fast bowling debutants that had too many bits and pieces players in that team. So they played a couple of all-rounders, and I don't think that worked. They would do better to go back to their their specialist quicks and spinners. Um, their top four looks good. Um, beyond that, they they just don't yeah. have a lot to threaten Australia. And it would be monumental in the history of Pakistan cricket if they were able to win one of these two test matches. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's a shame, too, that you, know, you talked about the debutants. And two is a lot, particularly against Australia in Australia. You know, they showed glimpses. It was Jamal on the first innings and then Shazada, unfortunately, has been ruled out for the remainder of mm. that tour. And they always have that tradition, don't they, Pakistan, of just this production line of quicks. You think about when Wasim Akram got chosen, he was a net bowler, effectively. He didn't even have his own boots for his first test. But uh, Nathan Lyon, uh, Jared, indestructible, 500 test wickets. I don't think anybody at the start of his career thought that he would hit that milestone, yet here we are. And Pat Cummins said, well, he doesn't look like he's slowing down. He's eyeing off 700. Can you see it? <laughs> um, I can see him going on for a, a period of time still. I think 700 is, is way out on the horizon. But it was what I most enjoyed is the celebration around it. Is this is, in a way, this is the climax of Lyon's career. That is going to be his marker, which ensures his place in folklore and and the validation of his greatness over a long period of time. So longevity and excellence, that's the only way to get to 500. His career arc is so interesting, is, is in the post-war years where Australia is searching for a spinner. It ends up settling for Nathan Lyon, and people can't quite see it. They certainly can't see it by comparison. And yet history will tell us that four and a half years after Shane Warne, Nathan Lyon came along and built a career that is one of only three to reach the 500-wicket milestone. So it's quite phenomenal. Um, and he has improved his, his period of improvement in recent years. As, uh, as he's entered veteran status, he's become cannier and wilier. I think he's added so much to his bowling. And Australia's been blessed to have him. And I, I felt like that was there in the celebration of his teammates, what was there at the ground, but around the nation more broadly. Is there's been a period of time where Lyon had been underestimated and then he was probably underappreciated. But that, that's that's an old notion now, is for the past four or five years, uh, he's been revered and hailed. And, and those those scenes from Perth, will they will be his... When he's inducted into the Hall of Fame, they'll be the defining images that are brought forth. Great to get your thoughts as always. Jared. Merry Christmas to you and the family. We look forward to the call on Boxing Day. Terrific, Julian. Enjoy. Enjoy to everybody listening. Thank you. There he is, Jared Waitley. Don't forget, catch every ball of the Boxing Day test live from the MCG across the SEN network from 9am Tuesday, Eastern Daylight Time. Jared Waitley returns from that bout of COVID. He will lead the call alongside Adam Collins, Simon Caddish, Damien Fleming, Ian Smith, Chris Rogers. Bucky's part of the um, the call, which is fantastic. Barutz and Pete Lawler, SEN, your home of cricket this summer.